even superheroes need help sometimes. You know, I'm not gonna die if I get embarrassed. So I- I'm gonna do this. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's em- let's get embarrassed again. Change makers are human. Leaders are human. Don't let <laughs> your fear stop you. Hey, I'm Stephanie, and I'm Bailey. We're the hosts of Never Too Early, a podcast where we showcase youth activists, NGO founders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I speak with Alif Kaya, a mental health advocate from Turkey. She has founded her country's first youth-led mental health organization, One Smile Effect, as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. One Smile Effect has impacted over 2,500 teens in over 60 countries, building a tight-knit community of supportive teenagers and mental health advocates alike. Just a heads up, we do talk about mental health and touch upon concepts like anxiety and suicidal thoughts. Although it is not graphic or in detail, if this is something you are uncomfortable with, really feel free to click off now. That being said, this discussion is really engaging and personal, so if you are still here, I highly encourage you to continue listening to hear about Elif's personal and professional journey and her mental health advice for students everywhere. Welcome or welcome back to Never Too Early. Today, it's just Stephanie here, but we're super excited to have Elif on the pod. So as a fun question to kick us off, we'd like to ask you, what is something that you're grateful for today? Uh, I'm grateful for the cats I saw in my morning walk. They were really cute and they really made my day. Oh, that's so cute. If cats lying around. This morning, I actually saw a really cute puppy. Um, that made me very happy too. So for those that don't really know you yet, could you give a short introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, my name is Edith Kaya. I'm a 17-year-old high school student from Istanbul, Turkey. I'm also a mental health advocate, change maker, and um, founder of Turkey's first and only youth at mental health organization. Uh, I'm very passionate about mental health, obviously, psychology, and anything related to change making. So, yeah. That's so cool. Um, and building upon that, we'd obviously like to dig deeper into your journey with mental health. Uh, would you talk a little bit about how you started with uh, mental health or um, did you have any struggles with mental health in the past? Yeah, I actually did. That was my inspiration for my work. Um, so as a kid, I was bullied and I also experienced some trauma and that really affected my mental health a lot, um, but I didn't know that I was living with um, an anxiety disorder until about a few years ago. And basically my mental health got so bad a few years ago that I even thought about ending my life and kind of was a starting point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out for help. And um, after that, I saw how um, impactful that can be to just you know, get that kind of support. That's why I wanted to really help other teens can seek. Um, and yeah, after that, I just made it my mission to, you know, support young people and be the help they need and spread mental health advocacy. And in the beginning of COVID, I realized that, you know, this isolation and uncertainty can be very harmful for youth mental health. And I did some research and found that like 50% of teens felt anxious or depressed during quarantine. And that was a lot. And that's when I started my organization once my office. That's so amazing. And especially how you mentioned about like reaching out for help. I think it's really important, even though um, when we are struggling with mental health, we might not be that 
reluctant to reach out. Um, I think it's very important. Could you share a little bit about um, how you started reaching out or who you reach out to and how did that help you? Yeah, of course. Um, so for a long time, I didn't really realize that something was wrong or that I had an anxiety mm -hmm. disorder. To be honest, mental health education in Turkey is non-existent. So I wasn't even aware of something called anxiety. Um, I just thought that I was stressed or that I was a perfectionist, you know, it was, and it was all qualities of a successful and good student. So it wasn't really something that stuck out. And I thought it was normal to feel like this. Um, but again, um, with all the suicidal thoughts and um, depression and all that, I just realized that, you know, I needed to get help. I didn't know where or who to reach out to. I didn't know how people would react. Um, I was definitely anxious about that too. Mm -hmm. um, then I reached out to my school counselor. She was the first person to know. And then we had a conversation about it and she was really helpful. After that, I opened up to my family. Um, they were more supportive than I thought. Um, although they didn't really fully understand what was happening or what I was exactly feeling, they just tried to um, be there for me, which was pretty mm -hmm. nice. And a few months ago, I started therapy and I'm right now on meds and they're pretty helpful um, in my journey. So, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so like both talking to people that you trust, I think, and having someone that goes through the entire journey with you, just staying by your side, it helps a lot. So moving gears a little bit, I'd like to ask about one smile effect. You mentioned it um, previously, how this is Turkey's first youth mental health organization. Um, could you share a little bit about how um, one smile effect actually helps struggling teenagers and what have you done through this organization? Yeah, of course. So we basically support youth well-being. Um, and we do that by creating free and accessible mental health resources and sharing those with them or developing education awareness programs or creating some support groups and all that. And we basically connect people and try to support them because, you know, um, everyone is from Gen Z in our community, our volunteers and ambassadors. And we are in the similar process. So we have like shared problems. And we thought that since we are feeling very similar things, since we're going through similar things, we could um, understand other teens who are struggling. So we just kind of try to create that kind of support environment in our community as well. Um, but again, besides the support part, we also provide education awareness through programs and events and all that cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And so far we have um, impacted 2,500 teens from 60 countries and yeah, and then we also won several awards for our work, and we were featured in one of the biggest Turkish newspapers, which was pretty cool. So that is so inspirational. Um, how you took your own story and your struggles and tried to help other teenagers, and now that it's reached so many different people, um, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. So. <laughs> so I'd like to dig a little deeper. You have the organization, you have directors, and you have volunteers. So are the volunteers also teenagers that have struggled with mental health and have, have gotten better now? And then your community is full of uh, different people that want some support for their mental health, or how does that work? It actually varies. Um, you know, some people in our community are or have struggled with mental illness, but mm -hmm. not all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them are just genuinely interested in helping other people, um, mm -hmm. but there are definitely some people who have the experience and who better understand the situation of those who are struggling. And also, um, 
you know, in our support groups or in our community, there are people who don't have a mental illness or, or are just looking for a friend to talk to. And, you know, that's not really like some kind of requirement to have. So, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I see. Um, moving on on that, I'd like to ask about how you would define mental health. Because um, as mentioned, there are like 50%, over 50% of teenagers that are um, anxious during quarantine. Or a lot of times we'd say that we are very stressed or some people may overuse the word um, I'm depressed. Like, how would you define mental health issues? Um, does it have to be diagnosed or um, would you define mental health like case by case? Yeah, how does that work? That's a hard one, actually. Um, this is too <laughs> general, I think, mm-hmm. kind of define. Um, so I think I'll get into the definition later on, but uh, when you said, um, should it be diagnosed or and stuff, I feel like it should because, as you said, um, people say I'm OCD or I'm bipolar or I'm depressed a lot. Yeah. And they use it as adjectives and they're more than that. They're not some personal qualities, they're actual illnesses. And I mm-hmm. feel like that stigmatizes people and minimizes their struggles because, um, you know, there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger story and there's a bigger struggle than how people, you know, use those words in their sentences, basically. Um, I do think that it should be diagnosed, but also not a lot of people can access um, mental health resources uh, like mm-hmm. mental health care professional mental health care that most I mean especially in my country it's a privilege to be diagnosed you know um, yeah. for me personally I didn't seek professional help mostly because of financial barriers and I only could um, after like some time because it got so bad that I didn't have any choice um, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's also a privilege to seek help and to get a diagnosis so I'm not really sure about that but again about the part where people just use it casually. I'm definitely against it. It just minimizes people's experiences a lot. Um, And so how would I define mental health? I think it depends on everyone. Um, Everyone has a different mental health journey. For me, it's chaotic and beautiful at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just like to express all the messiness I feel basically. Um, Sometimes I'm really happy. Sometimes I'm really sad. Sometimes I'm all over the place. Sometimes I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel lost and it's a part of my journey. So I just accept it. So I feel like maybe acceptance, chaotic acceptance. I don't know. That could Mm -hmm. be my definition. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. Chaotic acceptance. Um, Yeah, really. That's so beautiful. Um, I love the way you put it. And um, I really agree with the idea that um, people shouldn't overuse these uh, mental disorder or mental health issue words as like adjectives. What you've been doing with One Smile Effect really highlights the idea that mental health should be cured and should be um, actually addressed as a problem instead of being ignored and um, assumed to be normal. Um, so about the part that um, over 50% of teenagers are anxious during quarantine, or a lot of us are anxious during our school life, for our academics, for perhaps college applications. Um, do you have any advice for those that are struggling uh, with their mental health right now? Um, I mean, I am not a professional, so I'm not sure how ethical it would be for me to give advice. But from my personal experience, um, I think you know, everyone should find their own ways to cope with their emotions. 
for me personally, um, I love going on a walk. I love journaling. I know journaling is such a cliche thing, but I really like writing down my thoughts and emotions. It just helps me clear my head. Um, some people like drawing stuff too, even if they're not talented. Some people like dancing, um, doing fitness, maybe working out, doing yoga, meditation. There are just a lot of different ways that people can cope with their emotions. And I feel like I've tried all of them, to be honest. Most of them were boring and I didn't like them at all. Um, but, you know, at the end, you just find something that helps you and you just keep going with that. So I think my advice would be just try out different healthy coping methods and figure out which works the best and which makes you feel better. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I actually started journaling a few months ago. I was very stressed about like starting school and like having so much more workload. And I started journaling and I think that it really does help me relax a lot, especially at the end of the day. And I can write everything down and sleep with like a peaceful mind. Yeah, that's one way a lot of us could try to release our stress um, and anxiety. Yeah, definitely. Also, sometimes uh, we can't cope ourselves and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. You can talk with your friends, your family or seek professional support if you have access to it. That's totally normal and common. Um, just there are a lot of stigma and shame around it, but there shouldn't be. Um, if you have to use pills, you can. If you don't want to use pills, you can go to therapy. Um, if you don't want to go to therapy, you can just talk to your friend. There are ways that you can get support and get help. And even superheroes need help sometimes, mm -hmm. no matter how strong you are, how, no matter how strong they are. So just don't shy away from speaking up. It's pretty normal and common. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's so important. And it's so sweet. Superheroes need help, too. Following up on that, do you think there is like any stigma or um, particular challenges for teenagers to seek help for their mental health because of their age? Yeah, um, I think when it comes to yeah, being a teenager and seeking help, um, I think because we're kind of um, dependent on our parents, both financially, at least for me, and, mm -hmm. and also they kind of make medical decisions for us, I think, at least in my country, it's like that. So it can be hard to kind of convince our parents that, you know, we actually need help and, and that a professional could be helpful. Um, because I think in older generations, there's more kind of a stigma around mental health and they're not really open to even discussing it. Uh, my parents were like that. I mean, they were supportive, but they were still like reluctant as to whether therapy would be helpful or that, or if I was just being a teen or that, you know, if yeah. this was an actual illness or something. So there is definitely some sort of stigma. But what matters the most is our well-being. So I think despite these stuff, we should still seek help or we should at least try our best to feel better because we deserve to feel better. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Could you share a little bit about how you persuaded them that you needed that, uh, those help and that you weren't just being a teen? Or how, how did they come to the realization or what changed their mindset? So at first, um, again, I didn't really open up to them. And mm -hmm. I just got so bad that it became kind of visible. You know, most of the time mental illnesses are not visible. Um, but my anxiety basically became visible because I was experiencing a lot of physical symptoms. And I personally didn't think it was anxiety. Like, in the, at the back of my head, I was like, this could be anxiety, but I, I personally could, didn't want to admit that either because, you know, it's a hard process. So mm -hmm. I was like, maybe it's a physical illness. So we went to a lot of doctors and stuff, 
we did a lot of tests. Obviously, there wasn't anything wrong physically. Um, and then our doctor kind of recommended that we should go see a psychiatrist and a psychologist. That's when we went to see it because a doctor has recommended us. Um, I don't know if without them, I would be able to you know, convince my parents to you know, actually seek help. And, in my first appointment, um, they told me, to, they told my parents that I might have an anxiety disorder and they kind of started doing research about it. So it wasn't really me convincing them, actually. It was probably more like health professionals convincing them. I don't know. But yeah, maybe you can do something like that. Like um, if I have to like give some sort of advice, maybe you can talk to your school counselor and tell them to kind of convince your parents. My school counselor helped with that as well. So maybe that might be helpful. Yeah, and I think that having an expert uh, perspective, it really helps to convince both, I think, your parents and also yourself, because you mentioned how you weren't that reluctant to accept it yourself as well. I think it's very hard on um, our mind, too, to accept that um, you are having um, some issues with your mental health. At least personally, I don't think anyone is very okay and healthy in their mental health. I think that um, a lot of us do experience highs and lows. And so um, it's also important to accept ourselves that um, we are going through tough times sometimes and um, and that's okay. Definitely. And also like people don't have to wait until they're too bad that they can't function anymore. That's what I did. And that's definitely not something that um, I would recommend because it gets harder to treat treated when it became some kind of um, an illness basically and you can still go to therapy you can still um, you know seek help even if you don't have like a diagnosable illness you can I mean if you're struggling you are struggling just because you don't have a diagnosis doesn't mean that your struggles mean less or anything Mm -hmm. so yeah I just wanted to say that too. I really like how you're phrasing all of these issues it really means a lot um And so before we wrap this episode up, we have a few questions that we ask every guest. And I think you've touched a little bit on it. And so we can go back to the conversation later. So first one is, what is a change maker to you? So you've been doing a lot um, on mental health and how especially you've been advocating for mental health in Turkey, where you mentioned there wasn't a lot of Uh, coverage on mental health or education on what this is. Um, What is your role as a change maker and what do you think is a change maker in general? I think a change maker is someone who makes the impossible possible by, um, you know, breaking barriers, by challenging um, uh, society's norms and all that. Um, I think change makers are definitely, definitely strong people who are also kind of stubborn. They don't want to just settle down for what's, you know, what's around. They want to change things basically. So I don't know if that's a weird definition, but that's kind of what just came to my mind. No, no, that's amazing. And I'd like to ask, what did you turn from impossible to possible? So like, were there any specific challenges or obstacles that you faced as a teen trying to um, disrupt the mental health space in Turkey? Personally, it wasn't really about that, but the biggest challenge I had in my work was my social anxiety. I really cannot Mm -hmm. communicate with people normally. So just being a leader and just leading a team of 100 volunteers and, 
you know, um, doing these kinds of interviews, going to events to promote my organization was definitely a lot mm -hmm. of struggle for me. And I needed to kind of motivate myself a lot to get over that anxiety and to become a better communicator. And that was definitely an obstacle. But I think over time, I overcame that. And every day I'm overcoming it, too, because I just take new steps um, and all that. I embarrass myself a lot also. Like, I embarrass myself a lot of times. In my first interview, um, I froze and I couldn't speak. And it was just so embarrassing. And I still think about it. But it was funny, too, because it kind of taught me that, you know, I'm not going to die if I get embarrassed. So... I'm gonna do this like okay let's let's get embarrassed again uh, and I did that and it kind of improved and it started to become really fun you know just talking to people and sharing my story um, and I realized what I was missing because of my anxiety so yeah definitely that was a challenge but it also taught me a lot so I'm grateful for it. Oh and I'd like to tell you that you're doing great today um, really. Thank you. Um, we're having such a great conversation. I think that you phrase all your words so beautifully. It, it's like you're you're speaking from a poem. Um, so doing all these, uh, we'd like to ask, is there one female activist or change maker or entrepreneur um, that you look up to? Yeah, actually, my mentor, Nikki Weber Ellen, uh, she's also a mental advocate and also an Emmy winning producer. I really look up to her a lot. And she has taught me to be vulnerable and open and she's just such a nice person and mm -hmm. also um is very inspiring so I look up to her a lot <laughs> that's so nice um and I think as you mentioned it's very important to have like a mentor a female mentor figure um to look up to as young girls um so that one day we might become a female mentor to another girl younger than us yeah um, yeah, definitely. That's one of my dreams. Yeah. And I think you'd be a great mentor having all these great advice that you've shared with us today. Um, I really think you'd um, inspire a lot of other girls in the future. Speaking of advice, what is one final piece of advice you would give to other ambitious, excited youth out there who are looking to make a difference too? Um, I would say just go out and have fun. I think throughout this process, most change makers forget to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's definitely stressful. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's also fun because you get to experience and a lot of things. You get to meet, meet new people and just appreciating these small moments and just living through this is just really amazing. And just just go out there. If you have an idea, just do it. Um, you can fail. You can humiliate yourself. You can make mistakes. I've done a lot. Definitely, they um, come to my mind in the middle of the night, and sometimes I can't sleep, but I just laugh it off and go back to sleep again. I mean, it's normal, it's human. Change makers are human, leaders are human. Just because you're not perfect doesn't mean that you can't be a change maker. I'm not perfect either, nobody is. So if you're scared, um, I mean, you should be scared, but don't let <laughs> your fear stop you because they, they're not that powerful at all. So yeah, just do it, I guess. I love that, really. Your advice is so, it's so beautiful and perfect. And I'm sure a lot of people would be motivated from that. Um, so one final question. How would you like us to follow on your journey? So could you share your socials, your Instagram or LinkedIn? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Elif Nothing. Uh, I also create daily content there. So 
that might be helpful in your change making journey if someone is interested. I post content about change making in mental That is perfect. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I've learned a lot about mental health and it's encouraged me a lot, even though it's like almost night um, in Hong Kong. Um, I've had such a great conversation. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your invitation. I'm really happy. I was really happy to be here. Huge thank you to Elif for coming onto the podcast. We hope you learned a little bit about her, the one smile effect, the issue around teenage mental health, and a lot, lot more. If you would like to hear the insights of other young change makers, tune in to this podcast every Wednesday. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. To stay updated and involved, follow at nevertooearly.pod on Instagram. We have all the links in the description of this episode. We would love to hear from you. See you next week.